Well, hey, Gundamaniacs, welcome to the Gundam Explained show for, I barely ever do this, but February 8th, 2024. I am your host, Adam Blue, and real quick, just want to get this out of the way, my allergies have been kicking my butt today, all day. I hate it, I'm mad, I'm usually a positive person, and I'm usually good about being able to minimize my allergies, but man, it has been bugging me. But it's on a lighter note, grumpy. yeah, I was supposed to, on yeah. a lighter note, Steven. You can do most of the show today. Thank you. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, I'll try and hold it down. You know, I uh, just caught on the Huberman podcast. They were talking about, you know, this is just an interesting correlation is they were talking about Supreme Court judges and their parole decisions and how that was related to when they had meals. So like in the morning, it's like 90% of their parole decisions are like, oh, yep, you're free, you're free, you're free. And it slowly declines until it hits about 10% right before noon. They break for lunch and then it jumps back up to 80%. So, you know, hanger is real. Like, yeah. <laughs> so if you can imagine that, plus like having a runny nose, sore throat, all that stuff, man, I, I got to tell you, my decisions, would, my, my decision making would be vastly impacted by, by such a thing. So. No, it's funny how that works. Like, I feel like I've gotten to a place in my life where I can be calm in situations. I haven't figured out how to be calm while I'm going through some allergy stuff because it's where my nose is constantly bugging me. And then I have to. Yeah. Oh, and and let us know, guys, if the if the audio is a music audio sounds kind of choppy. Oh, OK, yeah. hopefully not our audio, but like yeah, hopefully not us. I have to figure out how to like. Yeah, when my nose is running and I got a headache and someone's trying to talk to me, then I'm like, oh, hey, how's it going? Instead of like, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, it, it's tough. Um, and I mean, I think you, you're past this phase, but like having a toddler, I've just gotten used to the fact that I'm just sick constantly. It's <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I I want to say the last time I believe I, I don't know if this is true. And I think the don't last jinx time. yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I, I might. And I wouldn't mind because then I'd know I'm still alive. But I was sick, I think, around COVID, like right at the end of COVID where. Yeah. Or not at the end of COVID. It was like the end of 20, I think. And I was in bed and oh, it was all a mess. Uh, I didn't get tested. My my wife did and the kids did. But, you know. It's, yeah, I mean, these days it doesn't make much of a difference. I think, uh, you know, when I dropped off my daughter at daycare the other day, they had a little sign up that was like, you know we had people test positive for COVID in the facility. And I was like, eh. It, and now it's just, it's, I feel like they're telling us because it's like, uh, shouldn't we tell people? But like, it's just, it's flu stuff. I feel yeah. like even if it's not winter, it, you never know if you're interacting with another living being, you might pick up a particle that is being shared around the world. I mean, I don't know. It's, you just yeah. gotta be careful. Exactly. Um, Load up on your vitamin D, your zinc vitamin c all that good stuff yeah all of that yeah that's i'm telling you that's that stuff works but so for today we're gonna have a scenario that actually the gundam twitter posted gundam.info that we're gonna talk about and i want to see nice those in the chat what you guys think i think it's kind of a fun little you know like doing those like fan theory stuff and i think you even have a couple videos like on your channel like camille you know like if he joined the titans Something yeah. Like that. yeah yeah i love that kind of stuff i love those sort of thought experiments so i'm excited about today's topic yeah um oh there we go zonic shadow vitamin z there you go, there go. unless that's a real thing i'm just attributing it to xeon nope <laughs> <laughs> vitamin zeta <laughs> i like that um okay so real quick 
you know, just a couple things. Um, your video or live stream yesterday. Um, oh, as always, check it out if you haven't. Link in the description for Stephen's show because you know, again, it's like a two-parter. We do the two shows a week. Yeah. Any other Gundam stuff you've gotten into this week? Well, I don't want to get into too many spoilers, but oh. I discovered a a YouTuber, um, Japanese YouTuber, obviously, um, that does miniature cars. And this is, you know, tangentially related because obviously I've been getting into working into some electronics on on my Gundams and um, yeah, one 150th scale remote control cars. And I was like fascinated by the LEDs that he put in the headlights. And then there's like a little stepper motor that he uses to control the front wheel drive, like the steering. And then the rear wheels are on a different motor so that those ones are. And then he has a like a little breadboard set up with and you're going to love this. It's like PlayStation joysticks. And that's how he steers the little car. I'm like, okay, my. My brain is is chugging along. I'm like, what what am we what how am I gonna make a Gundam do some things that I can control? Yeah, that's something to think about because I think a lot of times we first go to, oh, how can we make some like movement? Like, but that's super hard. You yeah. know, like I mean, have so you maybe even we should start with that? a gun tank? So it's like oh, but that's awesome. Gun tank. Yeah, that's, gun that's tank would be easy to go because you know you get it's yeah. just treads and you can just you know control them independently. Um, but I do think that there is potential for yeah. for full on Gundam control. We'll yeah, see. I, I would love to see that. I mean, I it's funny. There's been so much going on in the video game industry uh, the past couple weeks. I mean, even the past year, where it's it seems like each each main company microsoft sony and nintendo are like trying to figure out okay what do we really need to do next to really get more sales you know and and it's interesting because you know you look at gumpla and it just sells and it's not like yeah other than i guess maybe refining the shape the sculpt like what more could and should gumpla start integrating other than magnets uh to kind (laughs) of like level them up you know what i mean yeah you know while i was thinking about that i was like man how cool would it be to have a video game that like you have a screen but then you also have like your gumpla standing in front of the screen and when you use your control it actually moves the gumpla on the table the physical object but then it also like controls the third person character in the game so instead of having a 3d model of your of your gundam in the game you have your physical object in front of a screen and is moving around the environment. Okay, that that's pretty neat. Like, that is what I imagine the Gundam metaverse should have been. <laughs> well, so that's interesting because were you ever big on light gun games back in the day? Yeah, I was. Okay. Um, I was a big fan of the... Uh, there was a TV show in the late 80s, early 90s called Captain Power and the Soldiers of the oh, Future. yeah. yeah. Yeah, you remember that? And there was the the toy spaceship that you could have. And as enemies would come on the screen, you'd shoot the the bad guys and it would like log your score in the gun. It was so cool. Yeah, and then like even after that, I think I, you know, there would be games in the arcade, Virtual Cop, Time Crisis, et cetera. House of the Dead. And then I remember when that came out on Dreamcast. Oh man, I, I was, 
and then there was other games like Max and or Mac and X. There was Dreamcast had a lot of those, and then the Wii had a lot of good like good games. Yeah. The problem with the Wii though is the way it worked. It was almost like it was on a an axis of your hand rather than like a. Well, I don't know. Yeah, how to it. it it wasn't um, accounting for the you're aiming at the screen. It was like accounting for like the 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 tilt of your yeah, hand. Exactly. I remember like the Lynx crossbow training. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, that's a good example. Um, but what I came across, and I think it's called Sandel or Sendel, I'll have to look it up. There's a company that made a light gun that works on any computer. Interesting. And there's a distribution of MAME or that you can add on RetroArch that adds the light gun capability. So then you can play. Now you can actually pay someone $190 and they'll build you a MAME. Uh, well, computer with that built in and then you just have to buy the light gun which the light gun goes from under 200 to around 200 but you get it where it has like the uh, kickback the recoil oh um, man yeah it it it's wanting me it's making me to want to get back into the light gun you gaming. know I, i'm surprised that you don't see like a bunch of refurbished arcade light guns just like you know yeah. for sale on ebay i I thought that would be more popular and just kind of went away. But the reason I thought about that was just because that could be something else to do with the Gumpla. It's like the yeah. gun could have something, some electronics in it where you can like move it around and do some shooting. I don't know. I'm Especially if maybe you had multiple Gumpla and then like you can aim and shoot. I mean, but I guess I'm, that's more of a, a child uh, kit. I mean, that is a fun gimmick, but I don't know as adults or hobbyists, how much we would make use of that. That's like less of a quality of life and more of a gimmick. Yeah, but I mean, you never know what kind of gimmicks will will stick. And so it's always fun to experiment with those things. And um, oh, like, yeah, just see okay. where it takes you. The N64 Rumble Pack. When that came out, I was like, this is cool, but don't really care. Right. And now it's standard. Vibration is standard. And I'm shocked. I I mean, it, it's so funny how many sort of little features like that, little gimmicks have become just standardized. I mean, you think about things like even just outside of the video game world in like smartphones, you know, people people were like, why would I ever need to text? And now all anyone does is text. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, why would I ever need to text. check my email from a yeah. phone? Like when the Blackberries and Palm Pilots were becoming a thing and it's yeah. like, oh, I don't want to be plugged into the Internet all the time. And now what would we do? It, you can't. You, <laughs> taking someone's smartphone is like taking a toddler's toy it's <laughs> yeah no it's it, yeah it's very interesting and so you know that could be interesting to introduce into like you build the model kit but then what okay they sell display stands but i feel like there could be some other thing and i always go back to the thing which i think they're trying to do a metaverse since like the amiibo aspect of it make it mm -hmm. where you you buy you build you then scan and then maybe even take a picture so you can kind of see maybe the custom stuff you did. And it's in a big database, like yeah. a social networking thing. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's like um, so, yeah, the Amiibo thing. Have you heard of the Tony box? This is like a big this is all the hit the rage with like little oh, no. kids. No. Um, what is it? So the Tony box is my, my sister got one for my daughter and it's this you know little cube that's like pillowy soft and it's a music player. But it's got these little figures that magnetically stick to the top and it uses near field communication to read what the the figure is and it'll play different songs based on uh you know what what figure you've got on there. Yeah. 
Um, and so, you know, the, the whole time I'm thinking like, man, there's got to be a way to do something cool like this for, for Gundams and like, and, and yeah, it's like you said, I'm sure that there would probably be some like, there would probably be a, a, a black market for, uh, you know, fake Gunpla Amiibos that, you know, like you said, if you were to buy the kit and you build it and you scan it into a device like the Tony box that, you know, it can read the data in the kit you know that there would be people selling like a deck of cards that's just like every hg kit <laughs> that you can just like with the amiibos i think online you can download all the things to yeah use. yeah it's weird though because i think you bring up a good point in general how like piracy exists yet i don't think it's really stopped i mean other than the dreamcast which i don't think that was the reason you know they say it was piracy i think it was the whole sony telling uh, companies you can't carry a dreamcast if you carry the yeah. ps2 yeah that was a uh, yeah not, not a wise decision Sony. but yeah <laughs> but you know real quick and I, I and we don't need to talk on this too much since we're going to talk gundam stuff but other interesting video game news has to do with what and i guess i can relate this to sometimes fan bases online in general but like that xbox news where there was just word that some of their games would go on playstation nintendo and then everyone's like xbox is done they're right. over. They're not getting all my library's gone. And dude, I cannot listen to a video game podcast without them speculating on it. And I'm like, okay, speculating is fun for a bit, but mm -hmm. they are spending hours going down lanes that were never even thought up. Or and I'm like, oh, this is ruining this week's video game podcasts. Uh it is, you know, I, I hate that kind of stuff when it happens because you know, the stoic in me is constantly like, why were why are you being anxious about something that may or may not happen you oh, know you're really it. yeah you, you cause yourself so much mental anguish fearing the worst um and you know usually it's never that bad <laughs> like, yeah and especially being on the other side of pal world nothing happened to pal world and people were going on about that like <laughs> crazy uh i know well and i guess that happens with Gundam and other stuff sometimes where there'll be like a, uh, you know, a point of the fiction that we brought up in Twitter and then people will go back and forth. And sometimes that that's fun and interesting, like this topic we're going to bring up here in a second. But I, what I don't like it is when it's like the doom and gloom speculation that doesn't really get us anywhere. A lot of people yeah. uh, talk gets there. But, um, <laughs> well, um, Oh, I was going to say, speaking of P band, we talked about it yesterday, but we'll bring it up today. You had brought up uh, the 0088 um, Zeta. Yes. That's now on P Bandai. You already have yourself one, but you ordered another one because you want to, you know, you love Zeta stuff. I mean, yeah, exactly. I get it. And but, it might um, make a cool, cool giveaway, honestly. Oh. Like, I, what one of the things that I've been thinking about really hard is I'm like, man, when I do giveaways, I want to make sure that these are things that, like, are not just something that you could run and buy at yeah. Hobby Lobby. I'm like, I want to make sure that it's a limited edition something to make it special. Like la the last giveaway at uh, 3,000 subscribers was the Freak Knocked. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that that makes sense. Um, So, yeah, PSA for anyone. If you're looking for that, uh, the 0088 version of the Zeta, it's on P Bandai until yeah. June. Get it now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Twenty something dollars. So you've got plenty of paychecks between now and then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, and then uh, another thing before we move on to the main topic, I've been playing a lot more of that 3DS Gundam game, 
and it is yeah how's that been it's too good like <laughs> i can't believe this is on a con uh, or on a on a handheld, uh, handheld yeah when it could have been like a a wide release and it's okay but it's made by Ardink, who made all the PSP ones, they've actually been making games since the late 80s. They're like a really good Japanese developer. They are. They're fantastic. They made, yeah, they made Battle Alliance, the recent one. Um, so what this is to me, it, it, the last game before Battle Alliance was this game, this uh, 3D Gundam game. And what it, to me, is it's a culmination of all their years of Gundam games, just making, it's on the 3DS, but the 3DS has really good graphics, if done right. And yeah the suits look great i can't believe how much there is to it i've explained it where like you you get superpowers if you're a new type pilot because you choose if you're new type or not you get powers you can use you could be the zeta and you can transform you can get on the uh sfs's and fly around (laughs) the the funnest part for me recently was when i was the mark ii i'm using them as you you go in order of the story and it unlocks suits as you go like of the story and i'm in zeta now and i'm on Hong Kong City fighting or New Hong Kong, yeah, fighting yeah. the um, Psycho uh, Gundam, yeah, and I can't believe how they recreated it on the 3DS because it and it's menacing. That thing will destroy you if you're not like dodging. It's like it's saying you can't just get hit; you have to right. dodge, like the laser fire coming at you. And and then as you're fighting, like buildings are crumbling as you're hitting them and stuff. And it's like, man, this is on the 3DS. Yeah, is- like environment damage and things like that. That's yeah. yeah, it's really good. Uh, there's even some missions underwater. And and so that's the thing. Some missions are really quick. And I think they do that on purpose. So you replay and grind and grind. Because when you level up your mobile suits, again, it's in Japanese. So I don't know what it's saying. But the suit itself has like 10 stats to level up. Okay, and, and then you ha- you have maybe five weapons. So if we look at like the Granddaddy Gundam, for instance, there's the beam rifle, the hammer, the javelin, beam saber, um, bazooka, bazooka, shield. Everything, each one of those has five levels of things you can level, and it's that's cool. I know that's what I like about it. It's like you might have to grind a little to beat the harder things, but then you're constantly leveling up your suits. So I'm going to do a full review on that game. I just, it's, if you're a Gundam fan, like this is a game you have to play and it's going to be hard to play because it's Japanese only. So, I mean, emulation, there's nothing wrong with that. And it works yeah. fine on emulator. I, I played it on an emulator. So nice. Um, Have you been playing any Gundam games lately or just any games at all? So I was playing that uh, the PS1 version of Zeta Gundam, which or I think it's I think it's just Z Gundam if you're if you're looking for it online, because it took me a while to actually find it um, when it when I saw that it was mentioned. And it's fun. It's like a little dueling game. um, But, you know, I really love how immersive it is. Like every mission, it shows you kind of in the hangar in first person view, like in the panoramic cockpit. And, you know, you kind of come out and and launch. But yeah, I mean, it really is just like kind of one-on-one battles, except for the one mission that I am stuck grinding on. I think uh, some of the Patreon supporters saw me <laughs> struggling to fight. Like, it's just hundreds and hundreds of goof flight types, and you're the Gundam Mark II on the flying armor. You have like oh, almost yeah. no control of where you're going. Like a Jabro, right? Yeah, yeah, it's the yeah. Uh, the Jabro mission, and I mean... I was like, oh, yeah, I can take out one go flight type. And because every other mission, it's like you take out one enemy and then it's like, congratulations, you won. But this one, it's just like, 
I, I think my record was 12 or 13 before I got shot down, but wow. That I like that. I'm gonna have to, that's a challenge. I'm gonna have to check that out. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It, it was actually funny to remind me in this Gundam 3DS game, like it, when you play it, you'll sometimes have allies with you or multiple enemies, but then sometimes mid mission and it goes by like the story of the, the shows, like the enemy boss will show up like, uh, Shrocko, Captain Shrocko will show up. But like it has a thing where if you don't kill him on time, he escapes. So you can never truly beat the mission. You still, yeah, says, it still says mission complete, but you can't get the next part of the story until you actually satisfy that. And but by replaying it, you're constantly leveling up, grinding, leveling yeah. up. So I wonder, I mean, that's very similar to the sort of mechanic that you got in like the Gundam versus Zeta Gundam, where it's like when you have those kind of boss battles and like one of them will show up, you know, you can usually they'll get away like you, you'll get them down to like 25 percent of their health and then they escape but there are certain ways that like you can beat them and then it unlocks like a whole new story chapter like oh you know uh yeah, is that the one that was also on gamecube and yeah and yeah. did you happen to figure out yet if it happens to be better in any way uh i've heard that the graphics are better and um it is four player multiplayer instead of just two player the, the ps2 oh, version okay. was only two player but um but yeah the the gamecube version was four player which is i mean come on four we'll player. have to figure that out for a live stream or something yeah that'd yeah. be pretty awesome okay well all right let's move on to the topic of the day and so i'm not going to be sharing anything but i'll read it out so this yeah. was or if you go to the gundam.info north american uh twitter i think it's twitter I don't know, but uh, or X <laughs> uh, new types. We've got a theory crafting challenge. Which of these characters would have had the most positive impact on the universal century if they had survived the one year war? Okay. So remember this is universal century one year war. If they survived Lala soon, Admiral Revel, Degwin Zabi. So uh, in the chat, throw in what you think. Yeah, so, I'm curious to I'm curious to see what the votes are gonna gonna tally out to. Can can you do that? Can you create a a, a poll in the in the chat? Wow, that is an excellent That's, idea. I need to plan to do that. High um, level. <laughs> I am glad you brought that up. Polls would be such an excellent idea. People bug me next time if I don't yeah. do that. Let's next time we're doing polls. Okay, but let's talk about Lala first. Like. So I would, I don't know. So yeah, let's talk about Lala first because I was about to say, obviously her, because it's almost yeah. like, it's it's almost like the true ideology of Girinzabi didn't trickle up or down to Lala. It was more of the ideology of Shar, who was, in in a way, he was trying to do the right thing at that moment because he was really just trying to get rid of the Zabi family. Right. That was really his main. He might have some underlying motivations. Right. right. Like the the end result is net benefit for everybody. But, you know, his own personal motivations were obviously self-serving. Right. So and then, you know, because she meets Amaro and then she's like, wow, I wish, you know, or it, I love how she words it or how they worded it. It's like, yeah. oh, I met Char first. You know, yep. it was almost like they're both cool people. It's just you met, you know, that's a very interesting dynamic. But like, let's say, if she survived, does that mean she escaped death, or does she kill Amaro? I'm gonna say escape death, just to keep yeah, keep going. Um, 
<clears throat> in I I feel like Lala then would probably be Ayug. Straight up. Like yeah. or or, or do you think, do you think Lala to... would resent Amaro for kind of like going into hiding during the Grips war? Like well, that would be interesting because you know, part isn't it part of it where he was kind of forced to do it, but at the same time he didn't want to keep getting involved and be used as this new type weapon. Um, I think that would be an interesting scene to have Lala and Amaro meeting after the one year war and just talking about, Hey, what's going on? And then what yeah. their motivations would be. And I mean, do you think that, um, that Lala would disapprove of Shar kind of grooming Camille into this, like basically turning Camille into the new type weapon that the Federation wanted Amaro to be. I, okay, that's very interesting because I wonder if Shar would even bother taking on the Quattro name if Lala was still alive. Because that's a very good point. By the time we get to Shar's counterattack, that's his main beef with Amaro. Like yeah. he respects Amaro, he likes Amaro. He just doesn't like what happened to Lala between them. And so, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's so. That's what King Dylan's br bringing up. Would yeah. CCA have ever happened? That's I mean, a good question. Yeah, probably. I, I would venture to say no, but yeah. now my question is, you know, the the way that the 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 question from Gundam North America is sort of um, uh, phrased is, you know, what would be the most positive outcome for everybody if this if this character had survived? And I can't help but wonder, would Lala have a an effect, you know, on everyone, or are we just talking about her? effect on Amaro and Char kind of rippling out and affecting everyone because to me yeah Lala seems like the obvious answer being you know the first like true new type but you know would her survival have been a net benefit for the entire earth sphere or would it have just been for Amaro and Char yeah I almost feel like the whole earth sphere because it's almost like you know, that kind of new type resonance that occurs, I bet that would kind of be built into what's happening here. Uh, because, and it's pretty cool to always think this, like the main decisive point of the one-year war, to the people on the ground, it's like, who wins? Federation Zeon. But at the top, it's the new types in, in battle. Yeah. Like, and no one, it's, it's new type, but it's also family-based in a way, because not only is Char fighting to kind of save his family in a, in a way or like his you know what happened to yeah. his family but even Amaro has a Gundam because his dad built it so it's 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 weird how and it reminds me of Star Wars you see the battle of Endor going on but what's really happening is the Death Star between Luke and Darth Vader and the Emperor exactly you know I I love that type of dynamic isn't that terrifying to think about is like you know the fate of the entire galaxy is resting on like this little interfamily dispute <laughs> but, but then think about it this way what if that's what's really happening right now like we have like the you know i don't, don't want to get political here but the united states is going to send 95 billion to israel and ukraine and it's like that's probably money laundering i don't know but <laughs> but but like who are the decision makers for that to happen that we don't know nothing about and it could be this family-based yeah affair or like to you know there's especially like monarchies around the world or if you look at england for instance and the whole idea of you know bloodlines 
there are probably some people that are still stuck to this bloodline concept that us, you know, peasants or peons don't even know about or consider. Yeah. Well, and that's that goes back to like kind of an ancient history. The practice of like marrying into yeah. alliances mm -hmm. is, you know, it was never enough to just like shake hands and say, hey, we're going to be allies through this war. It's like, no, no, our children are going to get married because I, I need I need a blood tie to you to so that I know you're not going to betray me. Um, and that's interesting. So that's why I think there has to be something going on today that we don't know about that is rooted in that. There is a Luke and Darth Vader. There is a Shar and Amaro, you know, that we don't even know about. Okay. So Admiral Revel or, and we were just talking about this where it's like, yeah. I think he was General Revel until probably the end of the one year war. Perhaps? That's that's what I assume. Oh, you know what? I wonder if it's part of that. Um, you remember there's like the joke in 8th MS team where they're like, oh, you're just saying that you're glad I lived because if I die, I get a two rank promotion and I'd be oh. higher than you. So yeah. I wonder if when General Revel was killed during the one year war, he got that two rank promotion and became an admiral. That is a very a, a posthumous admiral, admirable, admirable, bro. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I'm allergic to words today, apparently. No, I'm looking real quick to see if it actually says anything in the Wikipedia, and it doesn't. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's interesting because we were talking about earlier as well. It's like the ship in Unicorn is the General Revel. Yeah, they don't call it the Admiral Revel. So, I'm gonna have to get with Gundam NA on the dot info and see, like, hey, was this a mistake? Should you be yeah. fired? No, I'm joking. <laughs> there's there's probably more to that stupid wonder... ai translation oh yeah <laughs> speaking of that did you know kanye west released a uh a music video and it's ai no but it's i wonder I... pretty neat yeah i i'll definitely check that out after the stream because yeah. and i think they know. double down on like the artifacts that come out of ai like they allow that to be part of it which i think is pretty neat well that was what they did for like the scrolls show right on um on disney plus like the secret invasion show oh, the intro was yeah. all yeah that's right that, that's right so yeah again ai is a cool tool you know it's not gonna sit it's not gonna replace anybody's jobs <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah okay so next yeah admiral revel that we were just talking about so this one's interesting because there's a few i think situations where he was pivotal to what was actually happening so mm -hmm. Uh, I think it was like it started in origin. I remember they showed that scene where General Revel is just on a Earth Federation cruiser. They get stopped by a Zeon cruiser and it's Shar. Shar sees he's in there and he's like, okay, let's leave him alone because I think he wanted him to continue to carry out the fighting. So from Revel's point of view, though, he's doing what's right. You dropped a colony on us. We need a peace treaty. This is insane. But then there's still that one-year war that happens. Mm-hmm. I I honestly don't think anything would change if he was alive. He would someone higher above him, you know. Again, the people that we talk about, would yeah, Jamatov or Bascom, yes, you know, one of those. Exactly. Those are probably there was always someone waiting in the yep. wing to fill that bureaucratic role. Now, would it, they have done as good a job? That kind of. I know. bet it would have been the same outcome where yeah they the titans come in and they're like yeah we now have the military control here no longer general rebel you know i so i almost don't think much would change i don't know no 
And of course, that kind of, you know, the fact that he and Degwin died at the same time, like in the same attack, you know, are the are their fates kind of tied together in a way? Like, at what point would General Revel have survived that Degwin would still be killed or vice right. versa? That's a good point. That that actually is a good point because then I think I do think if Degwin was still alive and Revel was still alive, that there would be more of a trying to have peace or a truce of, of some kind. I think because Degwin was surrendering. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what I find interesting. It's like, so if we go back, the one year war only started the way it did because of the Zabi family, because of the assassination of Zeon Dundaikun. So, and I forget th this part actually, was Degwin, did he have a hand in the assassination? Or was that just uh, the siblings? That's a good question. I, I would, uh, yeah, I don't remember reading in origin whether or not he, he orchestrated the assassination. I think I that his... it was Cassilia and she used her brother who was not in the original Gundam because he was in that car and died too. Yeah. Um, and, and I find it hard to believe that Degwin would have killed Zeon Daikun just because their friendship was genuine. Like, yeah. Um, and how yeah. you see Degwin then kind of speak on his ideologies to his own children. He's, even, you know, talking down to Giran of what his methods are and even comparing him to Hitler. Or was it <laughs> Giran was comparing himself to Hitler, you know? And, right. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know who should be more offended, uh, you know, in, in the comparison because it's like. <laughs> no, it's funny. Hitler would probably be proud and be like, I wish we had uh, colonies. Yeah. You know, that would have made things a little easier. Um... <laughs> but oh, and real quick, I just want to add. And this is just my own thought, just researching things. I also think someone was pulling the strings for Hitler to be the person he was. I, you know? I, yeah. I could probably, yeah, believe something like that. Because, you know, you never, it, it's very rare that there's a singular, like, malicious entity, right? Like, you think about, like, all of the... um I mean, even in the histories of like China, when you read about like the uh, romance of the three kingdoms and like the three dynasties that were at war, you know, it was like the eunuchs that were kind of orchestrating things and like they were taking yeah. advantage of a young emperor, kind of like Haman taking advantage of young oh, Maneva. Yeah. Like, That's you know, right. there's there's always some like bureaucrat in, in just waiting in the wings, you know, usually off to the side. And it's like they're they're sort of taking advantage of a charismatic personality yeah. that that they can use to manipulate large groups of people. So and, you know and it's not always true, but you it's know. not, but I think you explaining it that way really makes me appreciate that Maneva and Haman dynamic even more because, you know, Maneva was so young and then as she ages, it's like she's maturing and then realizing things. And I think that's a really cool like arc for her in general. That's why I hope yeah. they finish it um, <laughs> yeah. in animation kind of form. Cool. Um, okay. But yeah, sorry. Didn't mean to derail. No, 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 no. Uh, we have plenty of time for that. So, so then with, yeah, it's very interesting. I think when it comes to Revel, uh, and Degwin Zabi, I think what you're saying is true. It's almost like they both would have survived. And I think that would have been better overall for the one year war. Yeah. I mean, it definitely would have ended without the, the full battle of a because, 
Um, and and I, I, it's been a while since I've watched the original series. I don't remember if it was like Giran when the solar ray was fired and wiped out the great Degwin, killed uh, Revel and Degwin Zabi. Like, was there some kind of moment where he said, "Like, look, see, they betrayed us. Like, we have to go back and go back to fighting." I, there was something know. that happened because I remember the guys were like, "Why are we, you know?" Yeah, because there had to be like a temporary ceasefire while the negotiations were going on, right? And so, like, at what point and who was the one that kind of said, like, you know, see, let's go back to fighting because time to watch I mean, again. Yeah. Because <laughs> you got me back into watching Zeta again and I was picking up on a bunch of things. I got to, yeah, go back and watch the original again. Um, no, that's, yeah, that's very interesting. So, you know what? I let me. And I'm going to do it here real quick because I, I figured it out while we were talking. But I'm going to make that poll. Oh, sweet. Um, so, yeah, the question is, who would have had the most positive impact? If they? That's a lot to type. So I'm just going to yeah. type question as the question. Yeah. I think you guys know. Um, <laughs> We've only been talking about it 20 minutes or so. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so while, while you're typing, I guess, what would be your answer? You know, who do you, of the three, who do you think is... I, to be honest, it's, it might be cheating, but I really like what you said about Revel and Zabi in a way, if one survives and the other would have, if we're taking about, if we're talking about that moment, who knows what would have happened after that. Yeah. But, um, I, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I, because even if Lala was still alive, someone would be trying to take advantage of her new type powers. And she wouldn't have um, prevented the rise of the Titans or any of that, you know, like all of that stuff still would have happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but if we could, I made the, I made the question to where you could only choose one. I mean, that's how it works. So I'm just going to choose one and I'm going to, I'm going to, oh, what I have to sign in. Just to answer this poll, what <laughs> you have to sign in to answer your own poll? Yeah, that, that didn't make sense. Well, I'm doing it through OBS, but still, anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with Zabi, big one, Zabi. Yeah, that, that's that would be my my choice as well. Only um, because we know that General Revel was being used to make sure things were happening to keep the conflict kind of going in a way, you know, Shar wanted to make sure that happened, but with Degwin. It's very interesting. It's all mm -hmm. because of his children, specifically Giran, but also Cassilia. So now I, I that that raises a question as well: Is had Degwin Zabi survived, that means that Cassilia would not have killed Giran? That's because, right. Because oh. you have to remember, Cassilia only killed Giran because she found out that he was responsible for killing Degwin. She was okay with him doing whatever he wanted, as long as it was like you know you're not going to kill anyone in our own family. But so, as soon as patricide came into the play, she was like, he's going down. Okay, so that's that's interesting then. So what let's say if Degwin didn't die, Giran didn't die, Cassilia didn't die. Well, it almost or, seems like or would Giran and Cassilia both have died when Shar hit them with the old bazooka? That's what I was gonna say, because it's almost <laughs> like well, Cassilia would have died anyway, because because Shar was kind of hunting them down anyway yeah so would it have taken him longer like would would Giran and Cassilia have survived into the events of Zeta and Shar's like still hunting them down oh wow 
that would be interesting. I wonder if that would change Stardust memory uh, in a way, maybe that time frame, even though oh, yeah. one. Um, huh. Oh, I love I love how you spell this because yeah, it's so hard to spell a Bawaku off the top of your head. But, <laughs> yeah, would that have ever happened? That's yeah, that's that's a good question. Yeah. Um, and you know what's funny is I actually have seen it spelled that way in like I think it's in the the RPG advanced edition book. Oh <laughs> like it's yeah. Another it, example you, of that. Yeah, it's so funny that like you'll see the different uh spellings of a Bawaku. Some of them are like the phonetic spellings versus some are like the I, I guess would, would you call it romanized yeah. spelling? Yeah. Yeah, I, it's interesting how um language fluid or spelling fluid we can be, but not gender fluid. No, I'm just joking, mm. but <laughs> I, I, it is cool to think though like if it's possible for humans to accept i almost you know accept different spellings over time like i guess sometimes with like english color versus british color with the u that's right. small but um there's so many things like especially pronunciations like tetons like i wonder how much again it, it's it, it's weird because i'm thinking of it in a way you know how with fiction there's like things have to be canon yes so sometimes i think we also get caught up in the spelling and the pronunciation and it's like i always I also don't want that to matter. It's like, who cares yeah. how something's spelled? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I definitely, um, I, the, sometimes I think it matters, I think, when you're trying to make certain distinctions. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, the construction of language between English and Japanese is so different anyway. It's so funny the way that, like, Japanese being such a sound-based language, oh, it's yeah. like there are certain words that are just, you know, Japanese like they, they they make a katakana for the sound of of an yeah. English word it's it's very interesting how that is um yeah and I, I think I've mentioned it before in here but I took a year of Japanese in high school and oh yeah and it was really it, it was all because of video games because they came from Japan and I was like oh then yeah. I should learn Japanese and there's people in the class wearing like Dragon Ball Z shirts and <laughs> of like, course am I among all these anime freaks Jeez, weebs. No, but, but I'm um, glad that you brought up like the idea of canon too, because yeah. did you hear uh, Zionic Scans posted this on X about um, you know there was like the new uh, the new like sort of established UC timeline, like oh, what's yeah. UC and what's AU. What was your take? Did you did you get a chance to look at that? Yeah, that was pretty cool because the first shot it didn't like show F ninety one or anything, but then mm -hmm. I think he was clarifying that they were just showing like the main. Like they can't put MS Igloo and everything you see. Right. But yeah, and they're like the mainline anime, which is kind of funny to me because a lot of the complaints that people have are about like the side stories and like mangas and stuff like that. And it's like, well, none of that's on there. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I to me, I think it's cool that Bandai does that because mm -hmm. I think what that helps establish too, and I think it's more of people's dreams, they're my dreams too, you know, with Star Wars. It's like if if there's a set that the IP <laughs> holder has and you grow up and you're into that and then you get into writing or creative arts and then you get a job at one, it's like, oh, I know the history that's been established. I can help contribute. Yeah. Um, yeah I, and I think that I think more franchise runners should have like a franchise Bible, you know, something that's like this is the consolidated source of all the things. Because I, I remember that was always a big deal when I was into comic books is I was like, oh. Man, 
it's really frustrating when you've got like seven different writers, you know, kind of using the same characters in the Marvel universe. And I remember like Brian Michael Bendis was one of the worst offenders when it came to like, you know, there was a character doing something over in one comic book and then he would like use her in his own book. And it's like the, the, the example I always bring up is one of my favorite uh, comic book characters was Layla Miller. And she had, there was a story arc where she went to the future and like lived out her childhood and became an adult and then came back into the past. And so she was an adult in her own book, but then over in some other like Nick Fury book, Brian Michael Bendis shows her as a kid again, talking to Nick Fury. And I was like, she, she doesn't look like that anymore. She's like, that's weird. Yeah. That, so, so I, okay. So you would come across that. Yeah. And and as a fan, it's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's frustrating. It's interesting because I think on the surface we're frustrated. It's like, what? It doesn't matter. It's fiction. But it's because we're engrossed in a story and then we're just confused mm-hmm. and there's no explanation because it's not accurate. And I think that's where all this comes from, you know. Uh, exactly. Is, you know, I'm, I'm lost. I'm scared. I'm confused. <laughs> and so I'm going to be angry about it. Okay. So no, Star but, Wars, they use... Yeah that guy pablo hidalgo i think is his name to kind of be the bearer of the even though i don't think that has even really worked out uh too well yeah surprisingly because kind of like favro and um and feloni kind of do their own thing yeah yeah it is weird because people would go on twitter and ask lore and then he would answer this pablo hidalgo guy but there's been times where he doesn't know and i mean i guess that's fine but i'm wondering if there's a a you see Gundam equivalent in Japan. Is there a guy there that does this? I would like to know and interview him. Yeah, Literally. seriously. Do they actually uh, have a Bible and it's labeled Tomino? And you, <laughs> no, I don't know. But you would think so because you you look at the trajectory of Di- Star Wars Disney, but then you look at the trajectory of Sunrise to Bandai Gundam, and they always they especially look at Hathaway. They keep it in that lane that tomino yeah. lane and to that keep it it's, tight it's admirable speaking of admiral rebel um <laughs> speaking <laughs> yeah. of language yeah but, but no you know it did make me a little sad that turn a was now is is now no longer part of the uc canon because you know to me turn a while i understand that people didn't like that it was visually and thematically different from what you would normally associate with a uc story you know it's so far in the future you know it's supposed to be kind of like the culminating story it's like it's the period at the end of the book right and to me it seems like yeah so far in the future it almost doesn't matter like Mm -hmm. if it is uc or not um and uh, yeah i so I'm really interested to see because with them establishing this, the UC next 100, it's like, what's this next thing that's going to drop? You know, uh, you yeah. know, because I'm a newer again, I'm a newer Gundam fan. I got into it when around the time narrative came out. So like if I look back to the releases they make, they're always awesome. So I just cannot wait for whatever the next, you know, UC story is. And of course, best comment of <laughs> The chat, Gene Savior, the last you see. Yep, that's right. The last you see, indeed. <laughs> well, cool. Um, no, so that's gonna be it for today. You know, that was some good talk. I'm going to. Uh, I've been holding in my allergies. I've been doing a great job. <laughs> uh, you know, I think you've held it, held it on, um, held it pretty strong. 
and, and you sound good. You don't sound nasally. So, you know, yeah, luckily I, I took some allergy medicine that helps with the, the clearing the nose. It just doesn't help with the other stuff. And it makes me a little high, which I don't mind. So you know, that, take what we can get. <laughs> um, one last thing from our Lord and Savior, Talos Mobius, like light of UC Chronicles put it, the Gundam universe is like a spiral staircase. There's no beginning or end. We always can move up to see what awaits. Oh, what a way mm. to end this episode. Huh? Well said. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks a lot for joining today's episode. Podcast will be out tomorrow. If you like to listen to it twice, that's a weird thing for me to bring up. Like, <laughs> do you like watch it and then I'm going to listen to it again? No, I, I doubt it. But, you know, well, you know, it's like you see Gundam where you go back and re revisit it so that you can pick up on all the little things that you, that you might have missed. I like that. I like that. Um, <laughs> No, but cool. Yeah, check the links in the description for, you know, supporters that have their links for Steven's channel if you missed the show from yesterday. Um, yeah, stay tuned for uh, some more Gundam goodness from Steven and I next week. So until next time. See Cheers, you everybody.